Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Access Ninja Podcast. We are a bi-weekly podcast, that's every other week, where we talk about accessibility through the lens of technology, life, and design. I am Jonathan Campbell. And I'm Rachel Magario. Hey, Rachel, it's good to be back in the studio, both of us here. It's been, I think it's been a month since we've yes. done a podcast together. It has been. So I think people are going to be excited to hear both of our voices finally and we get to play off each other again but i do think both the, of our solo podcasts did turn out well i hope everyone else enjoyed them as well yeah yours turned out <laughs> well <laughs> mine i was like listening i was like oh no i listened for i think five minutes and turn it off i can't do this <laughs> <laughs> so i'm glad you're back because i was just like oh this is awful and i think i said in the end of the podcast how much like i appreciate you so much more <laughs> i also liked at the end of the your podcast uh you used my sign off and gave me credit and that made me feel like i it made me feel special i had forgotten that i i usually end the podcast with the same staying and that uh and that you noticed that so it made me feel good oh all right that's good <laughs> a good thing came out of that podcast <laughs> so there's Two new things uh, we're trying today. I've got a new segment that I uh, I, I think everyone's gonna gonna enjoy. We're gonna play with a little bit here, and I want to give everyone just an outline about what we're gonna talk about today, so you know what's coming up. So, first, we're gonna start out with a quick tech tip. It's the new section where we share a piece of uh, a technology tip that uh, from something that happened, from something that happened to us literally in the last two weeks in between the podcasts that we think is pretty cool we want to share with you uh, then Rachel's going to talk a little bit about soundscape which is a really cool app from microsoft available for the iphone uh, we're going to talk about the accessibility uh, new accessibility feature in the update for android android p coming out has a new accessibility menu we'll tell you all about that and then we've got two more software updates we're going to talk about with a program called Farago, which is a program we actually use. And if you heard the music playing at the very beginning, we were playing that through that application. We'll find out more about that later. And then finally, we're going to end by talking about an update to Gboard around Morris code, which is also really cool. So I think we've got a great lineup for today. I'm pretty excited. How about you, Rachel? I am very excited too. I like new things and I'm really excited about the art tip our tech tip of the week this will be a lot of fun to be able to share usually i just call you to tell you about what i'm excited so this will be fun uh, i was also given a recommendation for one of the listeners they want to hear a little bit more music i think they like that episode where we used uh some of the segue music so we're gonna use some segue music again so everyone get ready here comes your quick tech tip <laughs> I thought a techno beat would be a good uh, a good choice for that. Hey, I'm jumping here. <laughs> so this is a this is a feature that's been around. It's it's a Siri feature. Uh, so if you've got an iPhone and you've got Siri, well, you could really do it on the iPad as well. But every once in a while, I like to go out and have a nice meal with some friends at a restaurant. And when it comes to the end, when you got to pay the bill, uh, I'm not the best at calculating tips. Uh, I try to. I kind of eyeball it and try to like come up with it on the top of my head. 
I'm always nervous I'm going to stiff the waiter or waitress or I'm going to give just a ridiculous amount. So I sometimes use Siri to calculate the tip. And there's kind of cool, two cool things about it here. So let me demonstrate to you what it'd be like. I've got my phone plugged into our system here and I'm going to do just a simple tip. So let's say I go out, me and my wife or just myself go out and I just want to know what the tip is. So I might activate Siri and say... What's the tip uh, for 20% for $23.15? The tip is $4.63. All right, but let's say I've got a more complicated tip I've got to calculate here. I go with a big group of people. We have a huge bill at the end. We want to make sure everyone's paying an equal amount towards the tip. So I can ask... What's an 18% tip on $135.18 split between four people? The tip is $6.08 per person. Right? So it's a, a kind of a cool way. It's a much more advanced calculation. Now, with Siri, you can also do basic math. You can say, what's 5 times 12? What's 8 plus 15? How many cups are in a gallon? Uh, I use these sort of mathematical things all the time but i do like how nicely integrated the the tip feature is and it really helped me out uh when i was traveling for work uh, just uh, just earlier this week so that is my tech my quick tech tip of the week uh stay tuned we're going to be adding in a lot more uh as we move forward with the podcast so rachel have you ever used the uh the siri to calculate a tip before no that is actually new for me i have an app that's called uh, tip check, I believe. And uh, I used to use the app to do that. But this is a lot faster. I mean, no brainer. What I did use Siri for a lot, mathematically speaking, this week uh, was for currency, uh, you know, currency exchange value. So uh, I'm originally from Brazil. And sometimes um, I, I was, you know, trying to get some how much it costs for, for example, uh, one week of film editing in Brazil. And, and then I got a number from, from a professional there. And, and then I just said, like, you know, how much is 100 reels for Brazilian reels and U.S. dollars? And it usually tells me with the currency exchange of the day. And the example I gave specifically was with Siri, but you can also use uh, your, your Google Assistant uh, so if you get an Android phone, uh, you can do the OK dot 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 Google and also ask it for tip calculations as well. And uh, the only thing that's a little awkward is since it is out loud, uh, you don't necessarily want to do it right in front of your uh, your your waiter or waitress uh, if you're not going to be tipping generously. Well, I think the thing is also with the uh, well in Siri. You can actually, once you say what you want, you can always tap, tap on it and actually type it, right, to sort of like fix what you want it to know. And uh, and then, okay, Google, you can do a voice or you can also do the text. That's right. So, so that is uh, our quick tech tip. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, and we're going to move right along here. And uh, Rachel's going to tell us about Soundscape, but let me use some more segment music. So, on to our main topics of the week. 
Hey, I don't get any drum roll. I, I can give you a more dr- I can give you a more dramatic one if you want. So uh, <laughs> here's some dramatic for you. Actually, okay, that's a little bit. That sounds a little hey, sad, actually. <laughs> that's my style. Ta-da. I'm here to get you. Now we're going to talk about Soundscape. Now, I have I have heard uh, uh, quite a bit about Soundscape, but I haven't got in a try it myself, so I'm excited to hear what you have to say about it. Well, first, I need to say that I am very impressed with the continual commitment of Microsoft to accessibility tools. So I'm very... Very, very excited as uh, you guys that follow us for a long time will know that I used to be like super like, yeah, Microsoft, that's not so good. So, hey, I have to take my hat to them now. I've been using uh, Scene AI, which we talked about before, and it's been amazing. I mean, it definitely kicks the butt of a lot of paid apps that I had bought before to do what Scene AI does. And the soundscape, it's sort of the brother of CNAI, and I love it. It's, uh, I don't think I love it as much as CNAI yet, but I do, I did try. Um, it's a 3D sound feedback app. I don't know if that's exactly how they um, <clears throat> define it, but that's how I'm defining it. It's, it's basically an app that will give you sound information about what's around you on your environment. It wasn't developed for substituting immediate uh, navigation needs. So it's not like, you know, what's in the next step. It's not something that will uh, replace your need for a cane or for a guide dog, right? But it's a add-on to those skills. What happens very often is, you know, if you have a cane or a dog, you're walking around and sometimes if you get distracted like me, you know, all that ADHD going on, I lose track of how many streets I pass or which street it was. And then I wonder, okay, what's that new next intersection that's coming up? And it gets me all turned around. So with soundscape, it will actually tell me which intersection I'm on. So I live in Fort Collins, and I was working. I was walking yesterday in uh, Old Town, so it told me, you know, college, and uh, um, I forgot actually the name of the street that was that I was in yesterday. But anyways, it would just tell me what streets they are. So for example, maybe. Uh, I don't know, college and Saturn, right? And then and then I know that that's the intersection. But it goes beyond that because it tells me college to the right, you know? And then, uh, I don't know, Saturn forward. So it actually kind of tells you uh, what, what direction each street is. So I thought that was very, very helpful. Now, is, is this the type of thing that um, you have on while you're walking It's giving you updates or something that you open up to get an update on the spot or both? Uh, if I was like, I'll, I'll give a very specific example. 
uh, when uh, when I started my job at State Services for the Blind, I went to Blind Inc. in Minneapolis, and they taught me, you know, the basics of cane navigation. They put a blindfold on me, and I am really bad at keeping track of streets because I've never had to, right? Because I can just look up at the street sign. So I'll be going down, and I'll feel confident, and then uh, someone will walk by, walk past me and say hello, and I say hello, and I boom, I just forgot <laughs> where I was because <laughs> I'm not used to having to keep track of all that, right? You saying you don't have blind power? I don't. I just don't. I I'm just not practiced. Right. So <laughs> but the... that's what it is. It's, it is practice. That's why we we become so good at it. It's just, you know, the practice of it. So if I wanted to use Soundscape, you know, as, as, an, as an assistant to help me until I can really get good at navigation, would I be running it all the time, walking through an intersection and hearing them as I walk through? Or is it I get stuck, then I'm going to launch the app, find out where I am? What, how would I use it in, in that type of scenario? I, I think you can use both ways. I had it open. So as long as, and you can set it up that it can be uh, updating your location at all times, or um, you can set it up to only track your location when the app is open. And of course, me being paranoid, I only have it tracking my location when my app is open. Uh, I'm sure that saves on battery life too, because then the GPS isn't running constantly. Correct. And the phone is not going like, I don't know, a hundred degrees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I, I had it on, I had open and, uh, I just, uh, put it on my pocket and I had my track air, uh, headphones, uh, from what I heard people are using with their air track, uh, which is the, you know, the aftershock. So it's, it's, uh, it's kind of like it's bone conducting. So your ears can be open in order to still hear what's going on on the street um so those, and it will those bone conducting basically the speaker is like resting behind the ear right and it's and it's using the fact that you've got that that bone there, no it's right? not behind it's actually in front it's kind of like the 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 headphones are these little tiny things that are kind of touching right on your where your jaw comes together like the top and the bottom of your jaw so right in front of your ears, and then it kind of goes, it loops kind of in top of your ear and then kind of connects behind your head. And it's really, really light. That one I have, I'm, I have the sports one, and it's really, really light. And uh, it also doesn't move with sweat because some, uh, some other models used to move around with a, uh, sweat, so you will lose that connection with your jaw. But... This this one the I think it's Trex Air is the name from Aftershocks and it's it's great. So I like my um, I also like the you know um, AirPod, but the AirPod is actually inside your ear. So I think uh, Trex Air is a little safer when you're out in the street. Um, and then you know it will tell me every time I approach an intersection, it will just tell me inter which intersection I came. I did talk to a couple, but, you know, I'm now me. I like to test and ask other people. So I did talk to about 10 more blind people that uh, have been trying uh, Soundscape. Not everybody have had the same experience. I believe some people are not getting that voice uh, every intersection. But I believe that's probably due to their 
cell service. So it's, you know, maybe it's not the data or the, or the, the, the internet or the cell service is not really working with their map, right? You know how you're using maps, sometimes it tells you like, uh, you know, wireless services available and, and it tells you like uh, if your data service is available. So I think that if, if there is a problem with your map services, for some reason, then then it doesn't tell you. But with me, it has been it hasn't failed one single time yet. It always tells me every intersection I'm crossing. Yeah, because it's using that that iPhone's built-in GPS, and the GPS is an assisted GPS. So traditionally, GPS your 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 phone's you know connecting with satellites. It connects with three satellites in the sky, and it needs kind of line of sight. You can't be indoors and have it work. Uh, but on top of that, the iPhone also uses uh, a, a Wi-Fi, looks for the Wi-Fi nearby and some of the Wi-Fi networks it knows where it is and it uses the cellular tower. So it kind of uses all that technology in order to enhance the accuracy. And there's lots of things that can, in certain areas, that can hurt the accuracy. So if like really tall buildings can, and with a lot of interference, you know, can cause GPS to be a little off and then the app doesn't know exactly where it is and then you're not getting that high quality information that you want. And, you know, it's interesting that you said that because uh, two of the people I talked to live in, like, big cities like New York, and uh, and they are King users. So that means they probably follow a lot the edge of the sidewalk or the edge of the building, I mean, of the buildings, like the inner side of the sidewalk. So I wonder if, you know, that also affected a bit of the triangulation process and all that. Yeah, I think that could that could make a difference. A lot of interference, a lot of tall buildings. You're maybe not being able to hit all those satellites all the time. So, and that's that's a challenge that everybody's working on, especially uh, the issue with indoor navigation. You know, GPS doesn't work indoors, so these are getting better, and they're finding ways to make more accurate. But that, yeah. So you're, but in other words, your uh, your experience may vary in your neighborhood. Also, the quality of the maps if you're in a more rural area could be a problem. Yeah, I'm sure that if I go hike in the mountains, it won't be very useful. Where, uh, but you see the seeing AI, it's, uh, I mean, also, it's not seeing AI, but uh, Ariane GPS, which is also another app for navigation uh, for the blind, that is really useful to me in the more wilderness, like rural, you know, I can actually make, pin my own uh, favorites kind of like points. And it's usually really good about it, about telling me. Of course, when I'm hiking, it, it will tell me when I'm getting closer to certain spots where I start. But yeah, as you you know, as you're going up, a lot of times it won't it won't be able to tell me. But um, <clears throat> so another cool thing is you can search for an address. So I put my address, and I was walking uh, towards my house, and then. It um, then when you you're looking for a specific place, you tell it that you want a specific place. It actually has this little sound going on your ear, and then it go ping ping. So it tells you like it's telling you different things. So when you're and it and then there's a voice that keeps updating you. So I kept saying, you know, uh, it would say my address out loud, and it would say you know, so many feet and so many feet. And then when I got in front of my driveway, it kind of told me that I was there. 
but it overshot a little bit but you know i don't know i, I always leave a 16 feet of accuracy anyway so it, it was fine i was i was right by my house now i've heard you can use uh something that's similar to like a sound beacon maybe this is what you were referencing here where you can get like a, a sound that when you're uh facing the right direction or facing your a target it will uh, it will make kind of a beeping sound and through the headphones you get like a 3d effect so like you can turn and you're facing the sound you know you're facing the right direction have you worked with that feature at all yeah so that's what i used to come to my house and and you know actually it would be really cool if we could record them <laughs> i didn't think about that because it would be kind of hard to explain the sound but yeah so I, I did, and that's when. So I, when I got to my house, and it was on my right, I believe, it went like ping. But there was this other sound going that is do 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 do. Um, it was a bit distracting to me because I wasn't used to it yet, and so I was kind of you know paying attention in the sound, trying to understand. But I'm sure I, I've only had the app for two days. And I'm sure that as I get more used to it, I will know exactly what it means. But it, it was a bit distracting. I got a little bit anxious, actually, because I, I was like, well, what is this? Like, you know, a bit overwhelmed. But but I, I think it's uh, I think it's it's very practical and, and ingenious, actually, because the ones you get used to a new sound, uh, it's kind of like the vibration on my watch, right? Like tell me to go right or left it's 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 very cool in the beginning it used to be like whoa you know i would just kind of jolt and then now it's just i'm like oh i have to go right or i have to go left i'm gonna do my my best um infomercial voice here but like for this fabulous app how much would you be willing to pay ten dollars twenty five dollars one hundred dollars no you can get it for only how much how much is it zero dollars it's free <laughs> <laughs> yeah i love it it's free uh so so far the two super useful apps that um microsoft has released is free but i swear like this is apps i mean soundscape maybe 50 bucks because it's actually work it could uh, you can also use it with other maps right your other navigation um apps to you know to find to help you find where you want to go um and you can add like i said addresses and you can also pull points of reference that are already around like many um uh businesses so if i'm in an area that has a lot of stores all the businesses are already in there and then i can just choose and say like you know i want to go to tommy hilfiger and then i click and once I'm getting it, it will tell me, you know, it's on my right and on the left. And if it's right ahead of me, it'll go just like, you know, make a little sound that I can reproduce. Uh, so that's um, that's the, the beauty of it. So I think maybe a $50 would have been like super good. But for example, seeing AI, man, I, I would have paid 200 bucks for that thing. It's really useful. So I'm glad that it's $0. Thank you, Microsoft. Yeah, it's great that Microsoft's been, been producing these uh, for free uh, through sort of their laboratories and, and, and working with some of their uh, engineers. Uh, specifically, they have a blind engineer uh, that I know is essential to the Seeing AI project and, and that they're putting these out there for free is, uh, 
is great, especially considering comparable apps, like you mentioned, are are very are much more expensive. I mean, they're a lot cheaper than than some of these uh, standalone navigation devices used to cost. Uh, but uh, but in apps, you know, it's nice to have. If you've already got an expensive phone, it's nice that uh, this little extra is free. I do have to give a shout out to the developer uh, Ariane GPS. I use that app a lot, and it's really useful. You know, and he was one guy doing this, and he charged. I think in the beginning, he charges four bucks. I think is what I paid for it, and it's freaking amazing. So. Yeah, and Soundscape, you know, is a nice tool. It doesn't, like you mentioned, it doesn't replace uh, your own built-in, you know, your own practice navigation skills. And it, uh, and it, it's not like a perfect tool for everything. You might want to continue to explore other navigation apps and other navigation tools, but it is a, uh, it's a great, uh, a, a great tool to put in your tool belt. Well, and I, I think like what is really cool about it is, especially in outdoor malls. You know, you you want to store and, and, you know, you, you don't know all the stores that are available to you. So, you know, as you're passing, it's reading you the names. And, I mean, I'm a girl. I love shopping. And not that all girls love shopping. But, you know, it would be super cool that all of a sudden it tells me, like, I don't know, J. Crew, And I'm like, oh, there's a J. Crew here. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think it's, I think it's, it's very helpful. Or you're looking for a new... I don't know chiropractor office, and I think it's 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 very very useful. The only sad part is I was trying to create a beacon for my mailbox, you know, and where I live, they don't deliver. I mean, your mailbox is not on your drive; it is actually like this. All these mailboxes, and you know, in in the middle of the block, and and then you you go and you get your your mail from there. And I wanted to you know to make a beacon for it, but I couldn't because apparently you need to have an address. So you know that was just a standalone thing. Um, it's just more like a landmark, and yet there is no way to create the landmark at least as far as I was able to understand. Well, that's cool. Thanks for giving us an update on Soundscape. Did you have any last thoughts before we uh, move on to Android P's accessibility menu? Come on, I already talk a lot. <laughs> well, I thought I'd just give you a chance here. All right. Well, let's uh, let's move on to the next topic here. We are going to be talking about Android P's accessibility menu, and I'm going to tell us all about that here. So I'm going to use our transition music again. <laughs> I like that one. So, <laughs> so Google is adding a new accessibility feature uh, to their operating system. So that includes, you know, their their phones and their tablets. Uh, so Google's launching a new version of their operating system, Android P, which will be coming out sometime in August. It was announced on March 7th at their Google I.O. conference, and it's currently out in beta right now. But from what I've been reading, the beta version is very, very close to finished. So we should be seeing something a release in the next few weeks. And what they've added is this new thing called the accessibility menu. So if you go into the accessibility section on an Android phone that's been updated with this new operating system. 
there's a new feature you can toggle it on called the accessibility menu. What the accessibility menu is designed for specifically people with uh, motor difficulties. So it's going to add a new button, you know, down at the bottom where you usually have the home button and the back button. Uh, there's going to be this new accessibility menu button. When you tap it, it opens up a menu with nine options uh, of features you can do that usually require you to press the hardware buttons, maybe on the sides or even on the back of some phones, and to do some of the get to some of the menus that require a gesture, like the notifications and so forth. So to make that a bit easier. So, because there's only nine new buttons here, I'm just gonna list them off real quick so everybody get an idea what's gonna be there. But keeping in mind, we're, we're talking about beta software, so it could change, things could be added, things could be removed or modified, although it is very close to its final version. So of those nine buttons uh, that are laid out, uh, you have the a button to activate the Google Assistant voice assistant feature. Uh, you have a button that takes you straight to the accessibility settings menu. You have an on-screen power button to shut down the phone. Uh, you also have on-screen volume controls, uh, a way of getting to the recent apps list, which you can use to you know, close apps or switch between apps you've recently used, a button that locks the phone, a button that takes you to the quick settings. So that's like the system settings, but just a, a limited list. Uh, a list, a button that takes you to notifications, and then finally, a physical button that will take a screenshot. Now, some of these things, like the volume control, if someone has a, a physical condition and they are using their tablet or their phone mounted, uh, maybe onto a wheelchair, uh, getting to those volume control buttons can be very, very difficult. So it's nice to have an on-screen volume control that works universally. Uh, same thing with the power and the lock buttons, which are hard to get to. And then the notifications menu requires you to drag down from the top of the screen. So that's a gesture that may be difficult for someone who's maybe only capable of doing taps on the screen or is using uh, an adapted device or adapted pointer where those gestures are difficult. So this is a cool new feature that, they, that they've introduced. And now you, some people who are a big iPhone or Apple users might notice that this sounds very similar. Apple has a feature called assistive touch. And so while we're talking about motor controls, I just want to mention uh, for people who maybe are familiar with or, or not familiar with it, Apple does have this assistive touch feature. And so it was added into iOS uh, version 5. So back in 2011, uh, they added uh, assistive touch, which adds an on-screen button, very similar to the accessibility menu button, except for it's floating, so you can choose where it appears on the screen. And when you tap it, it, it brings you up a list of uh, same sort of idea, notifications, home button, volume controls. Uh, but on top of that, it can also do things like simulate shaking the phone, because some pho phone apps have a function if you shake it. Uh, doing the pinch gesture to zoom in or out of photos or web content. Uh, simulate multi-finger gestures, like tapping with two or three fingers. And you can even create your own custom gestures, which I've actually done with a customer of mine who has a hard time doing the scroll gesture. So we actually recorded uh, a finger tapping and dragging up on the screen and added that to his assistive touch menu so he can scroll really easily. Uh, so these type of motor control features... Uh, that Android is adding um, are very similar to the iPhone, but it's their first version of it. And it's really great because there are a lot of Android tablets out there that people with cerebral palsy or other physical disabilities are, are trying to take advantage of as well.
so yeah, that's the accessibility uh, menu they're adding to Android P, and we should expect that sometime in August, and it will be uh, part of the free update. So if your phone supports it, you will ha- uh, have that available to you, although it's not the only new accessibility update uh, that Google is pushing out specifically targeted towards people with physical disabilities. But we'll come to that later when we talk about the Gboard update. Uh, but unless you've got any questions what we talked about, Rachel, I think we're ready to move on to the Farago update. So is it P as in the letter P or P as in P, like the thing you eat? That's a good question because uh, Android has traditionally named their their uh, updates after 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 food, specifically candy like Kit Kat <laughs> and Jelly Bean, etc. This is just the letter P. So they're moving into uh, a, a lettering system, I presume. But just a big capital P, Android, Android capital P. All right. Yeah, you know, you got to ask those things. That's right. <laughs> so with that, let's move on to the Farago updates. <laughs> Yeah, I gotta add a lot more sound effects. Well, for people who are getting sick of that one, I understand. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I like it's kind of groovy. It is kind of groovy here, but we'll get a little bit more creative in the future. So, <laughs> we just played a sound effect, a, a stinger, is what they sometimes refer to it in in, in radio, and we also open and close with a, a theme song. Uh, but we're using a software program to do that, which is called Farago. So why don't you tell our audience a little bit more about that and its update. Farago is a soundboard. And for you all that don't know what a soundboard is, <laughs> um, soundboard is basically a board where you can have all the sounds. And it used to be used on old radio. You know, it used to be called soundboard because it was actually a physical board where you could assign different sounds to, um, you know, different buttons or levers, and you would, um, you know, kind of play those as things were going on, uh, because most radio uh, shows were live. And um, now we're able to do that just with one little software called Farago or Farago or I don't actually know how to pronounce it, but here's how you spell it. F-A-R-R-A-G-O. And it's made by Rogamiba, which is, uh, as they say, I think in their tagline, is some like strange name, uh, great softwares or something. <laughs> and I think they are, they're like super amazing. Um, and here's why I'm so excited about this. Um, Jonathan can tell you all about the sound part board and all that but what i love about every software of rogamiba is that they have a very 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 awesome commitment to accessibility and what's even better is nobody asked them like do you know they don't do it because they're obligated to because they're not they're not actually big enough and uh but somehow they just care about it and before, I've always wanted to do a solo podcast that has to do more with uh, interviewing cool people. And, uh, well, that didn't sound right, right? Because it's solo, but <laughs> I meant solo without Jonathan. <laughs> and, uh, 
And I couldn't do it by myself and play all those music. And now with Fergal, which in this last release, they put a bunch of voiceover uh, labels and improvements. I'll be able to run a podcast in one go without having to edit later. We can just play those uh, awesome stingers you hear uh, just by pressing a key on your keyboard. So I don't know. What, what key do you use for that stinger, John? <laughs> well, I just want to specify Farago is a Mac-only program. Rogamika is a long-time Apple developer. I've been using their software over the years, a lot of audio-based stuff, not exclusively audio, but a lot of a lot of audio stuff. And we actually also use a program from them to record this podcast. Uh, and so with the, the Fargo update, you asked me what key that I'm using here. I'm actually using a, a, a very different method because with this update, you mentioned they added a new bunch of uh, better support for accessibility, you know, relabeling things. But they also added MIDI support. Oh, I did not know that because <laughs> I didn't install mine. And so with the MIDI support, MIDI is like uh, I have a, a keyboard, a music keyboard and that plugs into my computer and it uses this way. It communicates to the computer using this uh, this, this standard called MIDI. Basically, it's 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 a, the language that the keyboard uses to talk to the computer without getting into the, the details here so that it knows that when I press uh, what would be like C, the uh, you know the middle C key on this keyboard, uh, and I send it to the computer. The computer, you know, through GarageBand or Logic, or or if I'm in a Windows computer, you know, if I have an audio you know keyboard software on there, I can press that key and it will play that key correctly. And so they added MIDI support. So I've got my music keyboard plugged into my computer, and the Ninja theme is the middle C key. And then the D right to the right of that is our quick tech tip music. And then the, uh, and then the E key, which would be to the right of that one is our uh, jazz guitar segment music. So I can just press the keys on this keyboard and it plays the right song. Yeah, it's really awesome. And in my case, because I don't have a MIDI plugged in, which I could and should, uh, I can just press like number one and I can make it rain and I can press number two and I can make ocean waves. Um, so this is super cool because you can, I mean, you can be your own artist and, and make all kinds of things happen and play at once. And, and I, I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, Fargo is usually used for podcasting, but I wonder if some people might even use it for, you know, music, creativity or something. You certainly could. There's no, there's no reason not to. And, and the fact that everything is tied to keyboard shortcuts that are real simple uh, makes it easy to turn any keyboard or, or now any mini device into a, a cool mixer. Like you mentioned, so if I press number four right now on my keyboard because I've got Fairgo set up, I'm going to play some music here. So I'm just reaching over and pressing the number four on my keyboard, and here we go. Uh, and of course, yeah. <laughs> I can set any audio recording or any music uh, that I want. That particular one came from the GarageBand program. I actually went into the folder on the computer where it stores the loops, and I grabbed one of those and I stuck it in there because those are royalty free, and I we can use those uh, uh, anytime we want. So 
Yay. Yeah, so I, um, and I think it would be cool. I mean, I, I haven't explored yet because I was really focused on podcasting and I'm big on independence. Um, I think as a garage band kind of production would be a lot easier if I use Farrago and assign different sounds that I want in different keys and then I could just sort of play around with or even make a backtrack vocal and then sing on top of that. Um, I think there's no limit to what can be done. It's yeah, it's it's a pretty neat program. It was fairly accessible when it first came out, but this particular update that just happened, uh, what they've gone through is they've made sure everything is labeled nice. Some of the some of the voiceover labels were there, so as you navigated using voiceover the screen reader, uh, it wasn't reading all the buttons correctly. Uh, we fixed that. All the buttons read wonderfully. They added a bunch of voiceover hints, so when you're on a button and you're and it's just got a name. Like loop, for example, just says loop, and you're like, I'm not sure exactly what loop, loop is. Yeah, it happens to me. I would just try it out, but now it actually gives you a little explanation. Exactly. And then also, the way that it assigns the keystrokes is visually speaking, Farago has a big grid. And you, as you add a new uh, audio file to it, it adds to the grid, and the top row of the grid gets assigned one, two, three, four, and then the second row gets Q, W, E, et cetera. And when you want to move those around. Well, hey, if you are in a career keyboard. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's right. And so as as you uh, as you add them, they kind of get assigned these letters. You might want to rearrange them on the board to change what letter is. And the way you do that is when you're in the um, when you're on the list of all the uh, in the grid of all the audio files, you hold on the option key and you use the arrow keys to move around. And so you can press option left arrow to move something that's in the number two place to the number one. They kind of switch places. And one of the things that they did with the voice update is they made sure that the uh, the screen reader explains to you exactly what's happening. That you switched these two audio files. Here are their names. Here is where they are in the grid now. Uh, you also may recognize for those uh, of you who who know about rearranging things that option arrow keys is also a very consistent Apple uh, keyboard shortcut. So if you're in the dock and voiceover, you hit VOD. You're in the dock and you want to rearrange things in the dock. You use option left and right, and that will actually just shift things around in the dock. They use the same shortcut in Farago, which is nice to have that consistency. Yeah, I love that because I use a lot of that uh, shortcut for Excel you know, to rearrange columns. And here it's, it's brilliant because it's very similar. So you can just shift left and right with your option key. Excellent. So that's our um, that's our love letter to the uh, Farago update. We just have been getting so much out of it for the podcast. And that update was exciting and super relevant to what we do. We thought we'd share that with you. We just needed the love music for next time. We're going to use Farago, well, one more time. Well, actually, two more times because we're going to have the theme music coming up. But I'm going to use it to transition us to our next and final topic. So let's hear that jazz guitar again. So we're going to finish this up by talking about another software update, and that is Google has done an update to Gboard. So Gboard is a software keyboard. Uh, it's available for both Android uh, and for the iPhone. And you can actually replace the software keyboard with Google's version of a keyboard. Now, 
by its default, it's behaving just like a, a normal keyboard. You get the, the if it's QWERTY, Dvorak, you can choose your layout. Uh, and it is a big on-screen keyboard with a uh, predictive text across the top who tries to predict what you're typing. And you use it just like the built-in keyboard on the iPhone, except for it's more integrated to Google services. So you're getting Google's text recommendations, autofill recommendations. If you use the dictation function, you're using Google's dictation and the iPhone allows you to swap that out with Google's version of it. And Android, uh, of course, you can use Google's keyboard. Although a lot of a lot of uh, different Android devices, unless you get the Pixel, which is made by Google, if you get like a, a Galaxy, then Samsung actually puts their keyboard on top. But you can download the Gboard application from the Android App Store and install it. Now, now in older versions uh, of Gboard, they added support for Morse code. So instead of typing in the letters, you would use uh, the dots and dashes usually associated with Morse code, uh, which has really become a popular input method for people with physical disabilities like cerebral palsy who are using switches or other alternative methods to type. So we're using a big, you know, QWERTY keyboard can be very difficult. They might put uh, a switch interface right by their head, for example. You hit to the left, you hit a dot a dot you tap to the right you get a dash and you can type a lot faster uh, so they've updated uh, gboard for android to be more accessible and they've added the morse code keyboard to the iphone version now i'm making a little presumption that we know what morse code is i'm just going to say real quick if you're not familiar with it so morse code is uh, a series of tones or lights or clicks a short followed by a long one, uh, also referred to as a dot as a dash. So a short tone would be a dot, a long tone would be a dash. And there is a code for it that translates out to the alphabet. So you can use Morse code to say anything that you would be able to do with letters. And it was actually uh, named after Samuel Morris, who is the inventor of the telegraph. So you ever seen a movie with one of those <laughs> exactly. And you probably, if you're not that familiar with Morse code, you probably heard one particular set of letters, and that is the SOS. So, which stands for, you know, I need help, emergency, need help. So S is represented by three dots. O is represented by three dashes. So an SOS would be like a dot, 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 dash, 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 dot, dot, dot. So like beep, 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 beep. Beep, 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 beep. That would be SOS. Those are the letters S, O, and S again. So that's your real quick lesson in Morse code. But you might think, oh, man, how do I learn Morse code if it's invented for the telegraph? Right? There's probably not a lot of places to learn. Well, Google most, most of our millennials probably don't even know what that is. <laughs> and, and, and so how are you going to learn it? Well, they thought about that too. So Google's launching up a web page. It works on iOS, works on Android, works on the computer that is designed to teach Morse code. Uh, so they've added in Morse code support and they've uh, 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 added a lesson system so you can learn it. And they did all this by working with uh, a, a developer named uh, Tanya, and I'm going to kill her last name here and I apologize here. It's Tanya uh, Finlayson. I believe. Uh, and she uh, is an individual with cerebral palsy. She learned Morse code so she could write really fast in school. 
uh, and use that as a communication alternative because she was using communication boards, uh, which were slow and weren't as effective and were limited in the speech that they would provide her because she could use Morse code real fast. She learned how to use it really quick using two head switches. Uh, she can type out what she wants to say and communicate uh, in her exact words. And they brought her on and she assisted uh, in the creation of the iOS uh, version of it, deciding what the layout should look like, uh, enhance the layout for the Android version of it, uh, added uh, in the autofill, because as you do Morse code, it will try to give you autofill suggestions, what words you might want to say next. Uh, under her suggestion, they added the code sequences underneath the word, so you can actually see how you would type it in Morse code to get that word, rather than having to use the shortcuts, because maybe you, with your switch interface, you can't get to those shortcuts, uh, but it's nice to have those available so you can see them and use them. And uh, she added more uh, customization, user customization, and then one of the big updates for the Android version is is full switch support. So she can plug uh, her switches in and use it on her phone. I do want to note, although they do have an iOS version of it, um, it does not appear to support uh, a switch interface. And I don't think that's a limitation on Google's part. I think it's because uh, Apple has their own switch system built into the iPhone. So if you're using one of these switch interfaces, you can control it. And it doesn't really integrate into the keyboard in that traditional way. It does let you type, uh, but it's not that really, if it's, it's not really optimized for Morse code. So hopefully we'll see an update maybe in the future. Uh, I tried using uh, recipes and I'm getting really into the weeds here. Uh, I tried setting <laughs> up a recipe for it to, to set up the, to be able to quickly access on screen where those dots and dashes were, but I was only able to get it to support dots or dashes, but not at the same time. So it wasn't really efficient. I'm going to continue to explore that. And if I find a solution, great. Uh, if not, I'm going to try to contact Apple's accessibility team. And maybe they're perfectly aware of this already, but talk to them about, uh, about maybe supporting this a little bit better or including uh, Morse code themselves. So uh, I think a simple update might be able to fix it, but you know, I don't know uh, for sure. So uh, but you do have access to Morse code if you're using uh, a stylus or uh, able to use a touchscreen method uh, by touching the screen on the iPhone. So you can still enjoy that method. You just don't have that full switch support yet. Okay, I have a question about that touch. Uh, so can you just, can you actually tap the Morse code on the screen? Or do you have to choose the dashes and the dots and stuff like That's that? That's a good question. Yeah, you do have to choose the dashes and the dots. So rather than having just like a big touch service where you are doing the dots, dots and dashes, you use literally two buttons on the screen, one that represents a dot, one that represents a dash. Uh, I should note that this is not the only Morse code. It's not the first, and it's not the only Morse code app available for both Android and iOS. There have been independent groups who have made Morse code apps, but they've been more hobbyist and maybe not super focused on the accessibility aspect. And so this one being custom designed by a Morse code communication user, I think gives it uh, some unique aspects that uh, make it uh, appealing. Yeah, I agree. I just wish uh, there was that option, you know, in, well, especially in the iPhone, because I'm an iPhone user, but it would be awesome to have it in an iPhone and we'd be able to tap because you know how you can create your own vibration patterns in the iPhone for when you get a ring and all that. You know, I think that would be brilliant for um, creating Morse code on, on the screen. I mean, 
talk about note taking on a meeting, this would be like just really awesome. And uh, I don't know if you remember, but we used to have a client that he was blind and deaf and he refused to learn Braille. And I think Morse code would be something really amazing that could help him, you know, be able to communicate a little bit better. And if you're looking for more like the uh, uh, the the tap features and so forth, the iPhone they they do have an app called Morse It, like Morse code It, M O R S E slash It, and it is uh, a Morse code writing and converting uh, application uh, that uh, that uses just a big single button in the center. Uh, so it's a couple kind of cool ways to work with it. But uh, like I said, it's not the only app, but it's 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 a very nice one and. Uh, especially on the Android with that the built-in external switch support. It seems to be a particularly uh, a great new feature for a group of people that can really... I've seen some people use Morse code to communicate with a sip and puff switch, and it's so much faster than the other methods. It's really great. Yeah, I can imagine. Like, makes me think of our friend Jared. I mean, oops, be like amazing fast. So, well, we're coming up on uh, on about 55 minutes here. I think we're going to wrap this up. Uh, unless there's any other last thoughts or uh, or things you want to add, Rachel? No, just that from now on, I'll be sending you SLS and dots and dashes. <laughs> well, I want to uh, thank everybody for joining us here at the Access Ninja podcast. You can send us feedback at feedback at access.ninja.com. So thanks for joining us. How about being good to each other? I was waiting for you to say goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, everyone. Goodbye. And uh, hey, be good to each other, okay? <laughs>